Emma, it's good to have you uh, with us this morning. Uh, Emma, some of you will, uh, some folk will know you, some won't. You used to be on the ministry team with me and Steve uh, a, a little while ago. You're still a member of the church, uh, you're doing other things, so it's great to have you with us. How's lockdown been for you? Oh, lockdown's rubbish, isn't it? I mean, it's just rubbish. I mean, I've been fortunate compared with a lot of people because I can work from home. I know that some people, uh, that's not been an option. So, uh, and I I love my job. So I work for the Methodist Church now. Um, I was going into London. Haven't been going into London for a year now, working from home. Um, And uh, just basically working with Methodist churches all over the country, finding out about the great stuff they're doing and helping them in terms of their community engagement, which is pretty tough at the moment, isn't it? Mm. And there's all sorts of folks who are saying hello uh, this morning. Uh, Alan Howley, Judy, uh, Ruth and Andy, Eileen, crazy cello lady, hello, a crazy cello lady. I saw you cycling up the Lee Road this morning, so I was walking in, so it's good to see you. Gary, uh, Christine, Liz, many other people online want to say hello to you as well, Emma. So uh, Hi. Hello, that's, that's great. Uh, Emma, you've got a question. Over these last few months, we been posing a question, uh, whether it's been me, occasionally Steve and others, uh, when we've been speaking. If you've got a question for folk, particularly online, to engage with, and if you're watching online, if you'd send uh, your answers to that question, I'll pick it up and we can refer to them later. So your question. Yeah, my question is this. Um, Think of a time in your life when someone has turned up just when you needed them. Um, A time in your life when someone's turned up just when you needed them. And if anyone here wants to get their phone out and make a Facebook comment, I'm not going to get offended. Go for it. That's great. The other thing we're going to do this morning, we're going to take communion together. And when we come to prayers after that, we will be praying for our Queen and the Royal Family. We'll be praying for our nation because uh, this is an unusual time. and And I felt that was right that we do that. Yeah, so Andrew and I have been discussing our outfits this morning. Um, I, I was, uh, we, we both were, were thinking about the, the theme for this morning and, and thinking about the, the death of the Duke of Edinburgh. Andrew, you, you're wearing black, very um, respectful, very um, sombre. Um, I, I went for bright yellow, and I think for me it was thinking about resurrection, it was thinking about hope. So um, it wasn't meant to be a mark of disrespect, so apologies to anyone who was expecting black, oh. but kind of different aspects of the same thing. That's fine, same thing. And, and you know I don't normally wear all black. It was appropriate, I think, this morning, mm. that nation's in a you know, place of mourning, so yeah. uh, I felt it was right, but it's also nice to have a bit of colour as well, particularly yellow, spring colour, so good choice. A reading from Lamentations 3, verses 16 to 24. He has made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends, his mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness, his mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. And the second reading is from John 20, verses 11 to 18. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels. 
one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. I've only heard God speak to me clearly a few times in my Christian life, and one of those times happened about 12 years ago. I was on a train coming back from the funeral of a friend. I was crying, and I was trying not to make it obvious. And I heard some words in my head, woman, why are you crying? And my first thought was, God, that's not very sensitive. And then I remembered where the words came from. Jesus sees Mary's tears. He saw mine that terrible day on the train. And he sees yours too. Yes, we are in the season of resurrection and we will come to that. But there is so much sadness. So many people have died. So many people have been so unwell and maybe unwell still and we can't even visit them. If you are mourning today, we see you. And so does Jesus. Then there are the living losses. No one has died, and yet our sense of loss is very keen. Lost jobs, lost income, debts incurred in order to make ends meet. The loneliness that some people have experienced, particularly people who live alone. The stress that others have experienced in being too much in each other's company all the time with no respite. The anxiety. Uh, those who have pre-existing um, uh, me mental health conditions. I suffer from anxiety. The pandemic has only made it worse. And people who have never suffered from anxiety or depression perhaps are experiencing those things for the first time. If you are feeling a living loss today, we see you. And so does Jesus. Grief is so uncomfortable, isn't it? That was why I tried to hide my tears on the train. I knew that no one wanted to see them. And I didn't want them to be seen. Some of us here today um, are not grieving, perhaps life is okay, uh, but we see people all around us struggling and perhaps we don't know what to do or what to say. Sometimes Christians think that they should not be sad because Jesus is alive. Perhaps we hear those words spoken to Mary as a rebuke, woman, you should not be crying. 
But Jesus, seeing Mary's tears, speaks words of love. Dear woman. In most, translation, most English translations of the Bible, um, it, we read, woman, why are you crying? And that sounds very abrupt in modern British English. It sounds rather rude. But this doesn't reflect the tone of the original Greek. The word that Jesus uses for woman here is a term of respect. In some translations, madam, why are you crying? But I love the tenderness of the New Living Translation here. Dear woman, dear man, Jesus not only sees, but he cares. And not only does he care, but he is there. God with her. God with us. The men have already been and seen that the tomb is empty and gone away to tell the others. They don't see the risen Jesus yet, but Mary does. He sees her crying and he appears to her. And at first, she doesn't recognize him. If only Jesus would appear to us speaking words of love. If only we could have a resurrection appearance. Instead, Jesus is alive for us by his Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks words directly into our hearts, and I believe that's what happened to me that day on the train. But mostly the Spirit sends us to each other, to comfort each other, to keep company with each other, to speak the words of hope the risen Christ wants to speak to us. How often does Christ appear to us in others, I wonder, perhaps sometimes unrecognized? And Jesus, as he does so often in the Bible, asks a question, why are you crying? And Mary explains what she thinks has happened, that someone has moved or stolen Jesus' body. And then Jesus speaks her name, and she recognizes him, Rabboni. And her tears of grief turn to tears of joy as she realizes that something wonderful has happened. That the Lord was dead, but is dead no longer. Resurrected. Jesus is back from the dead. And not in a spiritual sense. He's not a ghost. He says, don't cling to me for reasons that aren't exactly clear. But the point is, he is physically there. She could have reached out and grabbed him. And a little later on, John tells us that Jesus appears to the male disciples physically, breathing on them, letting them touch the wounds in his hands and side, eating fish for breakfast on the beach. Indeed, Thomas refuses to believe that Jesus has risen until he has touched the wounds in his hands and side. In becoming human in Jesus, God shared our weakness, our suffering, even our death. Through the resurrection, we see that God, by submitting to death, found a way through it and out the other side. Holding out the hope that one day after her own death, he would once more greet Mary in the garden of her own resurrection. The hope that one day after our own death, he will greet us too. Asking, dear one, why are you crying? And our tears of sadness will turn to tears of joy. I sometimes think about the many sadnesses of this life, all the questions that I'm storing up to ask God when I see God face to face. 
And yet I sense that when that day comes, when I meet Jesus in the garden of my own resurrection, all my questions will melt away. Not because those questions are unimportant or because our earthly sufferings don't matter, but because God does not first and foremost offer us a set of answers. Instead, God meets us with a loving embrace. And in the meantime, how shall we live? Well, it's summed up beautifully in the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, which we'll hear a little bit later on. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. The knowledge of the resurrection gives us strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. The bright hope that death is not the end. That God offers us unconditional love from which not even our death can separate us. Knowing that God raised Jesus from the death, the bright hope that all we have lost might one day be raised. And strength for today, knowing that Jesus is alive, that he sees our tears and meets them with loving kindness. That he is with us, perhaps unseen or unrecognized. And so just as Jesus got up from his grave clothes and left the tomb, leaving death behind and rising to new life, so we can get up and carry on living, defying all that drags us down, living resurrection lives now, lives that announce hope to a world that so desperately needs to hear it. And that hope starts with our tears, as we cry, we express the feeling that the world should not be this way and needs to change. And so our tears can become determination, compassion for others, defiance. And beautiful things can begin to grow in the garden of resurrection as we weep together, comfort each other, hope together, speak out against injustice run food banks, join protests, write to MPs, raise money, start charities, write books, become eco-churches, speak good news, practice good news, enact good news, proclaim good news. We will not stay lying down in the tomb because Christ is risen and we rise with him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died for us and you rose again for us. Thank you for the bright hope you offer for tomorrow. Thank you for the strength you give us today. I pray that we all, those of us in the building, those of us watching at home, that we would all allow that knowledge, that hope to sink down deep into our hearts and to live that hope out day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emma. 
Emma, uh, in response to your question, there's mm. been uh, one or two folk online Great. who uh, have got some things they wanted to say. Um, uh, Andy and Ruth said that once they just left uh, an event called New Wine um, and a car flashed their lights to stop us. Uh, unbeknown to them, they had a puncture that they hadn't noticed and uh, two men came and changed their will for us. Uh, as Andy says, I'm not the most technical of people in the world. Those of us that know Andy will respond to that. Uh, Elaine has said this, that she was about to drop out of university when she bumped into a friend she hadn't seen for over a year, and by the end of the day, after talking, she changed her mind. She completed her degree, and her career took off. Crazy cello lady, once again, uh, was travelling home from uh, visiting... Uh, her son in hospital in London, feeling very sad, her and her husband. Uh, and there on the station platform was a good friend who was able to travel with them and cheer them up. And Andy has said, uh, and, uh, and Ruth said, Emma, thanks for your thoughts. So there's some of the, uh, the comments that we've had. Emma, let me ask you a question. Uh, off the back of that and off the back of what you've said. And uh, there are folks here, whether they're online or here in the building who could probably relate very much to the sort of lament that you've been talking about this morning. There'll be others who'll be saying, I can't wait for this pandemic to come over because I can wham, bang, bang, and I can do this and do that, and wham all over the place. No doubt they'll be doing that tomorrow uh, down at Old Lee, and God bless you if that's one of you. Um, but there'll be others who'll be saying, yeah, I, I, I'm not lamenting, but I'm not triumphalistic either. I just want to measure where I'm at. And, and, and hope that as a nation, you know, we will, in a measured way, open up, and, and that will be true for our society. How do you relate what you were saying mm. to those sort of two different, other, uh, to those other two views? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this a bit in my team at the Methodist Church as well, because we, we sense the, um, the, the trauma, the, the suffering that, um, that we've, to an extent, all been going through, and some people much more uh, acutely than others. Um, but we recognise that... Um, when, we, when we're dealing with our sadness, we all do that at different stages. And, and, and you know, there may be people who've been through a lot, but they're, they're not ready to deal with that yet. And, and lamenting is not where they're at because they, it's too painful. And I, and I respect that. Whereas there'll be others who have, have grieved and, and, you know, will then get to a point where they're ready to move on and to open up and start meeting people again. So I, I don't want to respect that, that people kind of process their, their feelings and their experiences at different rates, but I guess someone who's 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 not feeling any sadness at all, I would I would kind of say, well, have you read the news? There's that you know, if you're not hurting, that's great. But there's a lot of people hurting out there, and um, and uh, you know, as a Christian, uh, one of the things that Jesus gives us is is tears to to recognise the the pain of the world and and gives us a role in in bringing change. One of the things I've picked up with a number of people is. They've got some of all those feelings, but ultimately slightly confused. Okay. Um, and saying, well, wh where do we go? Where is certainty? A lot of us perhaps like certainty, mm. um, and, and they're, they're struggling to see that. How do you think faith might help people in that respect? Yeah, well, I mean, personally, I don't believe faith gives us certainty that Kind of, I feel, I feel like that's probably a really obvious statement. Actually, faith, actually, if we, if we were certain of anything, we wouldn't need to have faith because part of faith is trusting on, in what we cannot see. Um, I think faith in Jesus doesn't give us certainty, but it gives us hope. Um, I say it doesn't give us certainty. 
I, I absolutely believe in the resurrection. I believe in the physical resurrection of Christ. I believe in the hope that I will one day be resurrected, that those I love will one day be resurrected. Um, so, uh, but, but in terms of certainty in this life now, the, being a human being is kind of living without, you know, we live life day by day, don't we? We, we can't see the end result of anything we do. We, you know, there will come an end to this pandemic, but we don't know when it's going to be. So we, we have to live with that tension. And that hymn picks that up, doesn't it, when it says strength for today Absolutely. and bright hope for tomorrow. Mm. And as, as, as you said, we're going to sing that a bit later on. One final question. Mm. In a moment or two, we're going to have the opportunity to take communion together. If, if you're at home, you can join in in that, and we'll be doing that here in the building. There is a sense that with all those emotions those thoughts we can bring those to God through prayer but also we bring that with us as we come and take communion Mm. together is is there anything you'd like to say to someone who might be sitting at home or here in the building say I'm not sure what that's about about taking communion perhaps new to faith new to church what would you say hmm it's interesting you say that because when I was first exploring faith, I found it quite hard to engage with communion. Um, I um, came to faith as a young adult, I was in my 20s, and I, was, I kind of felt like I had to be really sure of my faith before I could take communion. That, um, you know, it's like, am I a good enough believer? Do I absolutely believe all the right things? Um, you know, because I need to be certain before I come to the Lord's table. And, and gradually, um, I, I learned that, that that's, not, that's not how it works that none of us, um, even you know, once we, we may have been following Jesus for, for many decades, we never get to the stage where we know it all. And then you know, we may never get to a stage where we're absolutely certain all the time. Um, but Jesus invites us to come and take part in this meal and promises to meet us there. So it's an, it's an invitation to come and meet with Jesus and in our physical bodies to eat bread and to drink wine or grape juice in this, in this case. Um, so I would say Jesus offers you that invitation. Down through the years, I've often heard people, Emma, and you've probably heard it as well, have said to me, Andrew, I'm not good enough to take communion. I, I've often said to them, that's the very reason why you are ready to take communion, because you recognise who we are. And we, it's, you don't have to be perfect before you get there. The no. whole point is we come as we are and Christ meets us there. Absolutely. Emma, thank you ever so much. Uh, we really appreciate that. There's been uh, a number of comments online uh, thanking you for that as well. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness. And as we go out into this week, may we be assured of that at all times, we pray. And may each home represented here or watching online Know the grace, peace and love of God in all that we do. Amen.